Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It is episode 140. I'm hired in sales. Now what? With Brian Charlot, sales expert. And we'll get to Brian in just a minute. Let me pay the bills real quick. If you haven't bought my book, Sell a Million, what are you waiting for? Hurry up and buy it. Over 101 chapters and more than one idea in each chapter. If you need that door to swing more than it is swinging now, grab this book on Amazon right now. I think it's $14.95. And my cell number is 419-560-3169. You, as a way of saying thank you for purchasing my book, get a free half-hour consultation with me on implementing anything in the book that you want. And without A further ado, let me say thank you very, very much to the Mattress Industry Network Group, specifically Steve and uh, Greg. Thank you guys for sponsoring the show. If you are in the mattress industry, you belong in this group, over 2,000 strong, maybe even 2,200 strong and growing. If you want to learn how to to, uh, build, market, sell, and succeed in the mattress industry group, this is a group that is actually run by retailers for the benefit of the entire industry. So whether you're wholesale or retail, we want you in the group, join the group and say hi. And without further ado, Brian, welcome to the show, man. How are hey, you? How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Pete. I really appreciate it. Well, it's it's my absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And, you know, there are... Uh, a lot of salespeople out there that may not be joining a an organization that has a great track to run on as a salesperson. And I think we've all been there at some point in our career. And so my question to you is, if we are new to sales and we are feeling like, I don't know what to do, Give that person some advice. I know that's kind of wide open. <laughs> it's it's a you know it's a fair question to start because the first thing I can say to that person because there's a lot of them out there is that every person that you see around you in that office, every person that you've seen that's in sales, every person that you have talked to or asked for advice has felt the exact same way. So for starters, you're not alone. We have all been there. And as you mentioned at the beginning, um, getting into sales is very difficult. I think sometimes people come in with the perception that it might be a little bit easier than it actually is once they get going uh, in there. But once you know they're thrown to the fire and they start to see things moving at 100 miles an hour around them, they realize that it's a little bit more difficult than they anticipated. And they also probably realized that the training that they were given for somebody who doesn't have any sales experience coming into a company that's hiring people right off the streets is probably insufficient for what they're asking you to do. Um, And that is not uncommon in any facet. Uh, It doesn't matter where you're hired or when or what city, what country, um, you're going to get similar scenarios. And the reason for that is, is that they are trying, they're not trying but they're, they just don't have the resources allocated to train every single person that comes in off the street to the same 
efficiency as they do somebody who's already got some experience under the belt. And they're trying to weed out who's going to make it and they're going to allocate more resources at that time. And, and unfortunately, until then, um, especially some companies more than others and some training more than others, but you're, you're kind of felt to be on your own until you can kind of prove your, your merit. Yeah. And so specifically, what kind of advice would you give to a salesperson that says, Hey, Brian, I'm really not getting the support and the direction that I need. Um, what, what is my very first step? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, you know, uh, an, another great question for, especially if there's people that are tuning in that are feeling that way, or they're, they're seeing this. Um, the first thing that you can do is control the controllables for yourself. And that is implementing the things that you were, you were trained. The step one is action. Step one is don't be paralyzed by the fear or the unknown of what you're getting to in sales. The first step is to pick up the phone, reach out, discuss with other colleagues around you, find out what they're doing. How do they start their day? Step one, how are you starting your day? How are you preparing for your day? What can I do to be ready? And then once I get past that step, pick up the phone, knock on a door, introduce yourself to somebody, figure out your target market and just start. And you're probably going to fall on your face right away. But the fact is you have started. And honestly, that is further than some people get right off the bat. So just do what you can control and that's actions and talking and just showing you're participating and trying to get better day in and day out. That's the the first thing that you can control and do and, and to start getting better here. I remember being so shy when I got into sales, Brian, that I would literally avoid taking customers. I was working in a retail furniture store and I was such an introvert. I was so quiet and I literally would get sick to my stomach when it was my turn to greet a customer and I would go to use the restroom and then I would go to the bottom. And so like I was literally getting half of the opportunities that I should have because I was so shy. And at that, at that point in time, underneath the Christmas tree was this book. This will probably make you laugh. <laughs> it was on the clearance section because we were, love him, love we him. Were, we were poor, Brian. We didn't have two dollars to rub together, and my my wife bought this book on the clearance section, put it underneath the Christmas tree, and I guess that was my the first hint that I really kind of sucked as a salesperson. <laughs> I needed to get better, and yeah. I. I read that, absorbed it. I mean, this thing is so beat up. It's, it's. I mean, it's literally fallen apart. And mm -hmm. there are so many notes in this thing. And so, I mean, you can't open this book without seeing a note written in mm -hmm. it and, and ideas. Uh, hey, Scott. <laughs> Scott Vaughn is one of the best dealers in the whole country. Yeah. And he's a big Zig Ziglar fan, so he Absolutely. got a kick out of that. Um, sometimes a book can make the difference, but it has to be the right book, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and things have changed. So, I mean, I've been at this for 41 years. Oh, my Lord. Pitch and Sales, a complete guide to becoming a sales prof- professional available on Amazon. That is actually Brian's book. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Brian, should I love this. Uh, what you said actually got my first job on the road. I had this big resume prepared. And after I got hired by certain mattress company, I said, Jeff, why did you hire me? And this is what he said. And this is very instructive uh, to anybody young or old, uh, new or a veteran. I hired you because you said that you study everybody in the store and you watch everybody in the store and that you can learn something from the best salesperson and you can learn something from the worst salesperson. And the fact that you are a student and that you are coachable is the reason I hired you. Mm -hmm. And that, 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 that hits home and, and why it resonates so much is that um, I talk about it very extensively, actually, in the book, is that you can learn something from every situation, good and bad. And and what I and it kind of to what you were alluding to about being shy when you're starting. And I remember my first day, uh, I was in an office and we had to do cold calling. And I had a staring contest with my phone and it won. Uh, <laughs> you have to you have to start. And it's and and the thing is, is they're not they don't managers and and trainers they don't have time to teach you to pick up the phone. They have time, and, and they were are willing to take the time to help you if you are picking up the phone and failing. Because I'll tell you what, right now, if the reason that you're shy and you're avoiding customers or the uh, you don't want to pick up the phone and you don't want to knock on an office door because you're worried you're going to fail and be told no, well, I'll. I'll, uh, I'll help you out. You are. You are going to fail. You are going to be told no. And you're going to be told no over and over again. But what you're going to do is you're going to learn something, tangible information from each encounter that you then face. And you're also going to, like you said, sit and watch. Maybe maybe you're not the one taking the customer, but you know somebody who's been at the store in your scenario for five years. And you see how they interact with the customer. You see the questions that they're asking for the customers and you're observing this. Well, guess what? It's great to observe it, but if you don't implement it yourself, mm. it's useless information. So that that's what I mean by taking that action and failing and falling forward because that's when people are going to start helping. Like, uh, you know, it's a little early on your first day to be, be talking about mentors and things, but that's something I really, really try to strike home. But a mentor is not going to go around to the to the lunchroom and pick up a guy twiddling his thumbs, you know, and, and teach him the, the ropes. He's going to go on the floor and see you approaching every customer that you can, picking up the phone, asking them questions because you're truly interested and you want to get better. You start yeah. applying that type of participation in your then the best people in the company are going to see that and they're going to start to help you. Like I said, they're not going to pick you up and say, hey, you know, you took a 45-minute bathroom break here. You try to avoid customers. Let me help you. It's the person that's going to be out there trying and falling forward and, and getting closer and closer and showing that desire. They will help you out in a heart because you're going to remind them uh, a lot about what they were like when they started. Yeah, I, that's a great point. I, I absolutely love that, uh, Brian. Your effort should be enough that everybody notices it. 
And when mm-hmm. trying and really trying, um, that's when you start to attract the help. All right, mm-hmm. Scott Vaughn, what have you got here? Scott, thank you for your comment. Uh, my sales manager gave me a series of his tapes to listen to while I drove all over creation, nervously trying, <laughs> nervously driving to be rejected by the next prospect. Absolutely. And, and you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love in your messaging, Brian, and you're very consistent with this, by the way, get over yourself. You're not going to make every sale. You don't have to make every sale <laughs> successful. That the beautiful thing about sales is you don't have to you don't have to win every sale. You're not expected to win every sale. What you're expected to do is learn from every sale and get better from every sale. And what will emerge is a polished salesperson who knows how to handle questions in the future, who closes a higher percentage of sales because he or she is a student. He or she is paying attention. He or she is committed to excellence. And Mm -hmm. that's so important. And we don't talk about it enough uh, today. And uh, for some reason, um, I don't know why, and I, I don't really care. All I know is this. Being the best, there's nothing wrong with that. Striving to be the best, the best that you can be, There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if Mm -hmm. that's what your inclination is, I'm going to say this to you. As long as you're willing to pay the price, you're probably on the right track. Um, When we aren't our best, we don't serve as many customers. And when we don't serve any customers, we put ourselves in a position where we're going to fail. And, uh, not to hijack this entire conversation, but I, I just have, oh, I love it. I love it. I just have to say this. And then I want your thoughts on, on this, Brian, mm-hmm. the very first thing that you have to do as a salesperson is you have to be able to look in the mirror and like who you see looking back at you. You have mm-hmm. to know that I'm an honest person that I will always do the right thing for my customer. And because I'm willing to give everything I've got and I will always do the right thing for my customer, I deserve the business. You have to feel like you deserve the business. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel like you deserve the business, you got a lot of work to do right here in your heart. And then you got to fix your mind. But those things are so interconnected then I'm going to tell you this. It's something you have to work on every day. Uh, Scott posted a video in the group today, and he was talking about approaching the customer positive and cheerfully. The most important part about that is it needs to be authentic. And it so that means that you need to get yourself in a place where you're positive and you're cheerful. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes when you wake up, you know what? Uh, it's raining. A hundred things are going wrong. You have to find a way in sales to overcome that and to be positive and to be cheerful. And a lot of that has to do with reviewing what your goals are and knowing that you're the right person and that you're going to do the right thing for your customer. When we get this thing right, our heart right, 
our brain almost automatically takes care of itself, but not always. And that's why you have a, a thriving business, Brian. I mean, you help salespeople kind of get these things aligned and how to uh, get themselves in the right place. Yeah, I will. So stop me because I could talk about this topic alone for an hour because I am, this is, this is why I wrote this book because I struggled with it and I saw people around me struggling with it. And I'll try to break down what you said there because you hit on so many good points that literally I, I just agree with it and just want to add some extra perspective to that in the sense that when people get into sales, they're new to sales, they haven't done it before, they have this perception of what a salesperson is supposed to be like. And some of them don't think it's the type of personality or the way that they are. And I always stress and cannot stress enough is the foundation of your sales career starts with you being yourself and being comfortable in your own skin, just as you mentioned. Because if sales is hard enough, if you try to do it while acting like somebody you're not on top of it, you will fail and not in the way that is productive. You will fail and you will be out of this industry and profession in no time because you're trying to be somebody else in an industry that's already hard enough. And to follow that up, by being yourself, if you're in this industry to help people, obviously we have our own internal goals and external goals that, that we're trying to meet with the, either ourselves and our company and all these things. But your job is to help the customer. And if you keep that at the forefront, integrity is the foundation. Being yourself and having integrity to what you are doing, what you are selling, how you are selling it, and what you're providing information-wise to the customer, whether it be from the introduction to explaining the product or service that you're doing and the follow-up. If all of those things are aligned on top of being yourself, it doesn't matter what type of salesperson you are. If you're keeping that at the forefront, you will succeed long-term in this career. That doesn't mean you're going to get every sale. That doesn't mean that, um, especially at the beginning, you're not going to have mess-ups or not know an objection or not explain some sort of feature or benefit to the customer. And you might lose that sale. But if you keep this at the forefront while learning and gaining and and just absorbing information from colleagues, mentors, managers, outside information, like the tapes, like Scott was talking about, like your book, like you were talking about. If you keep absorbing this information, the foundation of being yourself and integrity, you will succeed. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be hiccups. But I promise you, if you stick with that, you will succeed in this long term. And that's what it's about. It's not about getting the next sale. And, you know, at first, when you're maybe broke and you're eating ramen noodles and you're just paying the rent. Yeah, you're going to want that sale. But when you become a, a true professional of this and you've got some skin in the game and, and you've kind of got some calluses from doing this, you are not thinking about the next sale. You are thinking about this customer long-term. You're thinking about having a relationship with this customer within these industries and these long-term businesses. They're going to see that. You're, you're, um, um, the, the reputation of yourself, especially in sales, will precede you and, and they will know whether you're coming from a genuine place. So that, I, I could not agree more with you. And it starts at the beginning. You don't just turn that on 10 years in. You start day one with that and go from there. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Brian, for diving into that because, boy, the foundation really is you. It's yourself. It's your authentic self. Um, hmm. Facebook user. Who is this Facebook user? Tell me. I know there's a little bit of a lag. <laughs> um, 
visualize the way you yourself want to buy. That's good, but it's limited. And whoever this is, thank you for your comment. Um, can you imagine if everything closed for a win? My guess, you would move on to something more challenging. Sales is about having having a challenge and purpose and struggle. Wow, that's powerful. Hey, Patrick. Patrick Tinney, dude, you're making me cry with your new book. I've been reading it. And uh, so Patrick Tinney has just written his fourth sales book. Um, You Can't Stop Me. And uh, I'm starting to cry now. Just get the book. Everybody get the book. (laughs) And uh, uh, can you imagine? Yeah, it would be be so boring, right? So, you know, fundamentally, Brian, one of the things that I am so thankful for in my sales career, you know, I'm 41 years into this. I'm 63 years old. I was so shy and I'm still shy. I don't go. My wife is so much more friendlier than me. It's ridiculous. As a matter of fact, we never would have got together if it wasn't for her kind of reaching out. Um And she still is. Like when we're taking a walk, she says hi to everybody. And I just kind of, I don't even mm-hmm. really hardly talk. I'm all talked out with my, <laughs> my sales thing. But one of the things that I would say is one of the things that I've learned in 41 years is that if you are truly committed to being the best salesperson that you can be, you will in the process become a better person. You know, and when you start with this rock solid foundation that you suggest, and I couldn't agree more, you start with your authentic self. Don't be Gary V. Don't be Zig Ziglar. Don't be anybody. Be mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And if you guys get on my website and and read a blog, you know I talk about this a lot, a lot. And there's only one you. Be that you, the best that you can be. And I don't mean you know, dyeing your hair purple to say, oh, I'm unique. Um, No, Mm -hmm. you're already unique. Guess what? You're already unique. If we all had uniforms, you'd still be unique. You don't have your own Mm -hmm. unique perspective and your own unique gifts. And what we're talking about and what Brian's talking about is if you're focused on being your authentic self and you're focused on getting better every day, your gifts are going to come out. And one of the gifts that I have as an introvert is I listen better. I listen better than an an extrovert is constantly got to cool their jets and try to listen. I'm a natural listener. I'm a born listener. And that is a true blessing. So we've got the foundation. That's your authentic, authentic self. How you present yourself when you're focused that way is going to express itself. You're going to have presentations. You're going to have qualifying questions. You're going to have all that stuff, but it's all going to be grounded in integrity. And I love how you put those things together because they're, they're linked together and without one, you don't have the other one. And to me, that is so good. And that is why, you know, Chris, you've been doing a great job of bringing his book up. Everybody's got to run out and grab this book. 
because mm-hmm. pitching sales and we you talk about outworking, outperforming, and outselling, but it's grounded in being yourself. And that is mm-hmm. huge. I, I think I think we almost have a lost generation of people thinking that sales is a salesy thing and you put on this different hat and you put on this different personality and you become this, you know, uh, fast talking, um, hyper uh, character of a human being that I would never mm-hmm. buy from. And mm-hmm. so I love that question. You know, how would you like yourself to be sold? Now, that is kind of limiting because your customer is not you. And so you have to read the customer in front of you. If if you tend to be more laid back and that customer is talking a mile a minute, you've got to speed things up or you're going to lose them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it could be the other way. If you're naturally a fast talker and you don't slow down, you're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that's a good place to start. Um, but I think it's limited. You really have to read who's in front of you. And, you know, you, you mentioned on the phone, you know, what I would encourage, I, you know, we have two, three different groups of people here. One, we have sales pros that work on the retail floor. Uh, Two, probably our biggest group is our, our store owners. And three, I attracted this group unknowingly is fellow sales reps who want to serve their customers Mm -hmm. better. This mm-hmm. is you as a sales rep and to you as a sales pro work in retail, speeding up or slowing down your cadence is not manipulation. It is making the other person comfortable with your presentation. So get that piece of it right. That's a technical thing that you have to do. You have to speed up and or slow down to make that customer more comfortable that is not manipulation, mm-hmm. but I defer to you, Brian. Is it manipulation? Yeah, Can you slow there, down, speed up, or is it not? No, there's there's a lot to unpack there. And and again, if you are rooted in integrity, um, you're gonna. The one thing you can always ask yourself if you are ever in question whether you think it's manipulation or a sales tactic or whatever, ask yourself: Am I trying to get the sale, or am I trying to help the person in front of me? Because mm. they're there for a reason, you know, whether it doesn't matter what industry they're in, or if you even called them up The reason is, is maybe they don't have a problem and maybe there isn't a right fit for right now. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't ask good questions. And, and, but if you're in a store, if you're there, am I selling them or am I helping them? And if you're helping them, you're not manipulating them. And if you believe that based on all the information that you've gathered from them, from good questions and, and kind of finding out more about, why they're in front of you and, and what their needs are, um, then you can help that person and you are not manipulating them. If you go in thinking, I need, I, you know, I, I'm laid on a payment, I borrowed money from a buddy, I need to sell this person and just whatever and, and get out. Yeah, you might start, you know, eroding away at that integrity that you're trying to, to base things on. And that's why I always say, you are not living for the sale in front of you. You are living for a career and a profession. You want, if you were on a store floor and you sell somebody something, you want them to walk in two weeks later to thank you, not complain and return it. 
And you're going to know based on how you were selling that to the person, if, if what you deserve in that moment when they come in. Um, and, and again, if you're doing it from a place of helping that person, that's not going to happen. Uh, and if it does, it, it's an honest mistake because that's going to happen in life too. You're going to make an honest mistake and you're going to be able to explain yourself. And again, look at yourself in the mirror at the end of it. And I like what you said earlier, because it kind of really relates to this, especially for people that are new to this. And, and I like to also mention too, that because a lot of the stuff I talked about in this book, you have to realize in a 10, 20, 30, 41 year career, there are going to be lows in it. And sometimes there, there's going to be lots of mountains and lots of valleys. And sometimes you have to find your way out of a rut. Sometimes you have to find your way out of something because you've maybe wandered off the, the path that got you to where you were. The reason for this book is to get you back to the basics. How often do you watch sports or, or something and somebody's in a slump and they always talk about getting back and look at a guy in baseball. They can, you know, be an MVP still goes over 25. And what do they do? They go back to the basics. And that's what this is about is reminding yourself what got you there for the people that have been in this industry for a while. Cause you might be like, you know what? I am, if you can have an honest conversation with yourself, you can say, maybe I'm not putting in the same effort. Maybe I'm not asking the right question. And, and Continue to improve because if you think you know everything in sales, you are wrong. There is enough information, good information, qualified information that takes you, it would take you 10 lifetimes to learn it all, maybe more. So the second you start thinking you know better than the customer, the second you start thinking you know more than what is in front of you, you need to reground yourself. And that happens. You have a you know, you blow it out of the water for a month or a year, two years, you start, your ego starts to, to kick in. It, it's, it's just human nature. And sometimes you need to reground yourself because the, the, the bottom falls out eventually if you're in this long enough. And that's what this is about is just reminding yourself. And then also too, for the people that are new to this, what you need to do to get to that place where you can have that long sustained career because they all intertwine. Like something, you're going to learn something new every day if you're if you're in this long enough and you're asking and you're meeting enough people with enough action. And that's what this is about is just reminding you like, you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, but it comes down to, am I doing, am I helping the customer or am I selling the customer? And if you're helping them and you're you're doing all this, you will find that success. But it, it just like you, you talked about on a couple of different points there, like it, it's about your, um, your authenticity with that. Right. And, and that's right. the basis. And, and like I said, if, if you see that customer on the street in two weeks, are you going to turn your head or are you going to say hi? And yeah. then you're not manipulating them if you're going to say hi. Yeah. Wow. You, there's a, there's a lot there. You know, I am so glad that you brought up this idea that there will be lows because there will be lows. There are highs and there are lows and uh, your ability to have success through it all is is huge and going back to the basics is always great here's a question uh from pat tinney brian what is the best piece of sales or negotiation advice you have ever received oh wow that's a great question thanks pat brian um, yeah, yeah. Seat, brother <laughs> well, there's a there's a couple because I will say there's certainly not a, a magic formula to say every time I'm in negotiations, it's going to lead this way. The two, two pieces I would take from that that I think um, kind of lead into that. One is qualified questions. You need to really practice 
by learning about the customer because there there is no one like I said, magic question that's going to, to get you to a yes. That does it. But if you were asking qualified questions and, and to your point, listening, active listening is what you're doing. You are then able to steer the customer down a, a sales process path that's going to be A, comfortable for you and it's going to be B, comfortable for the customer. Because once again, we're keeping helping them and, and solving their problem as the at the forefront but we're going to do it by by giving them this comfortable journey. But what we're doing at the same time is we're knowing ourselves. We know our strengths. We know our weaknesses. And we know how we can, again, just guide, just, just keep them on the rails in terms of this process to what's going to be um, comfortable for you, comfortable for them, and guiding you into your strengths so that when it comes to finalizing that sale... You've already got all the information. You're not you're not throwing it up there as a as a prayer. You're actually knowing that you have uncovered everything you need to know. That doesn't guarantee them to buy. That that's just never going to be a reality until, like that guy said, if every sales was a win, that where I'd be next is my my island in Maui or somewhere else uh, in a tropical destination. Yeah. Um, that's just not the reality. So you want to guide them to your strengths while also keeping it comfortable for them and and really make it feel like they're involved in this. You're not telling them what to do. You're actively listening and asking them questions that they're telling you what they need. And now you're just providing it for them. And then when it comes to the, you know, the final details of negotiation, you're in your, your strengths now. And and that's really going to help. So I I hope that answered the, the question he was looking for. There's no formula, but you can, you can keep things kind of going towards, towards your strengths and what you know the best and you're, and you're um, you know, helping them uh, ultimately get solving their pain point and their problem, which is what your, your goal is. Now, I think that's a great answer, uh, Brian. You know, one of the things that I constantly talk about on my show in person, anywhere I am, is this idea that we often don't go deep enough. Um, and that's true in B2B sales and that's true in B2C sales. We, we stop at our comfort level and we don't push beyond and all the gold is beyond our comfort level. And so part of how you build yourself up to be able to go past your current, um, comfort level is by stacking enough chips on your side that you're more comfortable going further. And the way that you do that, if you're a B2B salesman, this is for my sales rep friends, did you go to their website? Do you know their origination story? Did you spend time in the About Us section? Did you you go on all the social media that your uh, potential client is, is on? Do you have you uh, looked in the trade? Do you know what's affecting them and their business? And before you ever get to the top person in the company or the decision maker, make sure you've had contact with other people in the company so that you understand the business better than any other rep that approaches them. For my, for my friends on the retail floor, you cannot do pre pre-qualified uh, research. You can't do research before 
they come in because you don't know who's walking through the door. But once they get in the door, you can ask them and you can go deeper than other salespeople. Like, how do you want this room to feel? Is there a TV in this room? You know, uh, what challenges are you and Mr. Jones having um, with your mattress? You say you need a new mattress. You know, are you guys not sleeping good? Do you have any aches and pains? Ask and going deep and then going deeper. And then, you know, doing Columbo, which is a generational thing. But Peter Falk and Columbo played this bumbling detective who would go, oh, mm, ah, and he would just mumble. And they would fill in that silence with more additional information. And our job, it doesn't matter if it's a B2B or a B2C sale, is to get information, especially early on. We're, we're a detective. We're constantly trying to get information. Not so that we can trick them into making a sale for us, so that we can serve them, remember our heart's in the right place, so that we can serve them more fully. And I loved, I loved your, your answer. And I loved the whole thing about honest mistakes that you talked about. And basically, I wrote this down. Don't get a big head when you have success. That's, you know, you said it much more eloquently. <laughs> Just don't get a big head. And remember, you know, I, I think that sometimes we make mistakes trying to make sales something that it's not. You know, think about if you were ever an athlete, you didn't have to be a professional athlete or even a college athlete. When you were an athlete, maybe in high school, you know, or you know of athletes, how do they prepare? How do they study film? How do they search out for answers? You know, look at the greats, Michael Jordan. What did he do? Well, he had his own personal trainer. The coaching and the training that the professional sports team provided was, I'm sure, adequate, but he didn't want to be average. He didn't want to be ordinary. He wanted to be the best. So what did he do? He hired the best, his own personal conditioning and strength coach. Look at, you know, whether you love him or hate, hate him, Tom Brady, one of the best, best quarterbacks ever and not the most highly, uh, you know, gifted athletes that ever, you know, was drafted into the NFL. What is this guy? What has this guy done to elevate his performance? He has his own quarterback coach. He has his own strength and conditioning coach. He has his own nutritionist. I think he's got three or four coaches separate. In addition to what are you doing? And this leads us right into this question what are you doing? Are you, maybe you are eating ramen noodles and you can't afford to hire a coach right now. But if you've been selling for any length of time and you started coasting, I'm gonna say I'm gonna challenge you right now, Mr. and Mrs. Salesperson. If you are not investing three to five percent of your income back into your professional development, shame on you. 
And I, yeah, am I talking about reading books and reading, reading Brian's book? Yeah, I am. But I'm also mm. going to tell you this. Some of the biggest breakthroughs in my business have been in seminars while I am taking notes and another thought comes into my head. There's an energy in a seminar that there isn't in just reading a book. There's an energy in hiring a coach. Brian, you coach salespeople, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yep. Hire Brian. This guy knows what he's doing. Hire a coach. Invest in yourself and understand that there are new levels that you, you can hit. Um, sorry, I went off on a tangent. I'm good for that, Brian. I, I I I thought you hit it. If you just like, I got something that really stuck out to me, especially when you're talking about the people on the floor, because that's where I'm I'm really connect with because we we were all there and 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 those are the people that I talk to a lot more. And I challenge you to think of a time when you ran into a salesperson that didn't care when you came into that store looking for something or whatever the, the purchasing scenario was when you were the the buyer. They didn't care. To the person that seemed to care. And what I mean by that is they asked questions, but they weren't, they they already knew what they were going to try to sell you. Right. A good salesperson doesn't know what you need when you walk in the store. Right. So the third person is the salesperson that actually cared. And figure out what category you're sitting in too often right now as the salesperson. Because uh, if you want to even make it in, in a mattress scenario, if every person that walks in the store, you think, I'm going to try to sell them this mattress, whether they want it or not, and just walk them over to it and just keep pushing that mattress. The one that seems to care is the one that asks good questions, but your answer doesn't matter. They're already going to start leading you to this because they already know what they want to sell you. And then the third person that does care, the one that actually cares about helping that person scenario, walks in, as you mentioned, starts asking questions. What size is the room that you're going to put it in? What is the dimension? You know, what are the dimensions? Who's going to be sleeping there? What, you know, all kinds of questions that you can ask in that industry and say, ah, based on your answers that I was listening to, this is what I think is best for you. That doesn't mean they're going to take it. That does just say, based on what I know about this industry and, and what we have available here, this is what I think is best. Let's start there and expand outwards if you want something else. What category do you fit in if you start fitting consistently in the one that actually cares and doesn't try to keyhole somebody the second they walk in the door when they're going to get? You're going to be a better salesperson overall. And the the other thing that you mentioned too, if you want to ask, you want to find out how dedicated a salesperson is, ask them what they do on the way to work. Ask them, do you listen to music? Do you have your, your iPod in? Are you listening to Spotify? Or are you listening to uh, a Zig Ziglar audiobook? What are you doing before bed? What are you doing to start your day? And you will weed out. Well, sorry, you shouldn't. I shouldn't think you're going to weed out, but you're going to find out where they're at right now. Because I, I promise you, if they are taking the time during their commute to work to listen to audiobooks instead of music or, and, you know, talk radio or sports or anything like that, you're going to find someone who they might not have success today, but long term, if they keep that attitude up, they will. And why? And, and I, I literally have a section in my book saying why I think sales is the best professional career you can have. And I mentioned outside of being like a rock star or a sports you know, athlete or whatever the case is. The reason for that is 
is you can get yourself a raise the next day by mm-hmm. reading a book. You cannot do that in any other profession. You want to get into, you know, be an accountant. You don't get a raise the next day because you, you know, you, you, uh, you make the ledgers balance, right? Long term, you can. Sometimes you got to go back to school. Sometimes you got to get a master's. Sometimes you're, 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 you go, you read a book, you set it down, you go, Oh my goodness, I never thought about that. And you apply it the next day and you get a sale. Boom. You just gave yourself a raise because you applied yourself. And that's why I'm so passionate. That's what I'm trying to teach people. Sales is not easy. But get out of your own way and help yourself because if you start applying these things that we talk about, getting over the fear rejections, uh, taking action, finding mentors, you know, applying yourself and then applying yourself outside of work, putting in the hours away from it, you are going to help yourself out long term. As I said, I love the idea of being able to give yourself a raise the next day. It's amazing in my head. Listen to an audiobook on the way to work. You can give yourself a raise the same day. Don't rely on your boss. Don't rely on your boss, your, your manager, your mentor. You know, you know, bet on yourself. And that's that's just why I love it. Obviously, Ooh. you can see it. It's it's, it's I why I love it. <laughs> I love I love what you just said. Bet on yourself. I I I find myself constantly uh saying that to people. And now I'm just like, take your chips and push them all in and push them all in on you. And when you do that, good things happen. Pat Tinney, the man, the myth, and the legend. Mm -hmm. Curious, Brian, what is your internal trigger to bring you out of a sales slump? I I know it sounds like such a rudimentary answer, but is the basics. And that just means, am I preparing myself for the day? Did I take 10 minutes the night before to write out a checklist of things I had to do, the, the places I had to be, the people I had to talk to? Did I do that? Am I getting enough sleep? Like having proper sleep habits, like you start getting out of whack and you are dragging yourself out of bed every morning, your customers are going to see that. The the people around you are going to see it and you're going to hinder yourself. Am I organized? Oh my goodness. Am I on time? Am I being punctual? Just, Just standard things that you think you're taking for granted. If you re check in on yourself and find out Am I actually doing what got me to where I am? Because to be in a slump means you must have had some success previously or else you're just not good at it, right? So a slump means you were previously better at it. So am I doing the things that got me better? And if I'm saying yes to that, then it's consistency because some things in sales are out of your control. So are the things in my control aligned? If the answer is no, Align them. And I guarantee you'll start finding some success. If the answer is yes, I'm like, I am organized. I am taking the time. I am still getting better. I'm still reading books. I'm still listening to audio books. I'm, you know, following this sales process. Keep going. You have to know that that's the formula for success. You're just some things out of your control are, are happening in abundance right now. And that will eventually even out. So keep doing those things. If you've done you're essentially you're doing an audit on yourself. And when you've been in it long enough, you can have an honest conversation, fix the things or keep doing it. And, and the, the tides will turn eventually. It's just a, a law of numbers. Yeah. Great answer. Chris, can you pull that question back up? I just want to take a stab at this. I got so wrapped up in Brian's answer. <laughs> Great answer, by I the way. I hope that helps, Pat. I appreciate that, the question. Trigger to bring you out of a slump, your internal to bring you out. Okay. 
so something that my older brother asked me. So my older brother, just so that you know, my older brother is 18 months older than me. We were quite competitive uh, throughout our life. And uh, my brother uh, learned as a Marine Corps officer to create an I Love Me book. And I said, well, Mike, what's an I Love Me book? And because my brother asked me, Pete, show me your I Love Me book. I go, what the heck's an I Love Me? And I didn't say heck. I said, what the heck is an I Love Me book? And he goes, this is where you put all of your thank you notes that you've gotten from people and uh, everything that reminds you of your successes. And so I have several I Love Me books. I have I Love Me books from when I played football in college. I have I Love Me books from my career in powerlifting. And I have an I Love Me book for selling. And I go through that book and I look at the difference that I made in people's lives and that I'm not making any more because I'm slumping. And then I do exactly what Brian suggested. You start to do an audit on yourself. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I waking up early? Am I punctual? You know, just go back to the basics and start executing. And, you know, sometimes we get so busy chasing shiny objects that we forget about the basics and, and the basics are what we constantly have to go back to. Um, and if you want to prevent a slump, if you stay rooted in your basics and you execute on a schedule, you, those slumps will be fewer and far between. And as Brian said, Sometimes there are things that are happening that, that are out of our control. Sometimes traffic is slower than it should be. And in those times, we just execute the best that we can, keeping our focus on the customer and doing the right thing, being true to our customer, being true to our process. And things magically turn out well when you do that. And sometimes there is a little bit of a slump. But it's not nearly as bad as when you get down on yourself. So this mm -hmm. is let's let's just I'm I'm kind of intruding on your time, Brian. But I know it's all wanna, good. I, it's just, all good. I just want to get this question out there because I, I think you're gonna hit this one right out of the park. So here we are. We are starting to uh, our our numbers are we're noticing that our numbers aren't what they are, they should be. And, and and so what we inevitably do is we start beating up on ourselves and all those voices that we were able to tune out before they creep back. And it's like, like voices from your childhood, like you're not good enough. Like, you know, if you were heavy, like I was most of my life and still am, you know, you're just going to be a fat kid and that's all you're ever going to be. Those voices start to get bigger and you have to push back on those voices and you have to stop buying into the crap that you're piling on top of yourself because your internal dialogue is the most brutally hurtful thing. If anybody ever talked to you the way you talk to yourself, you would never talk to that person again. And I beg you as salespeople 
to not do that. You're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. The truth of the matter is you're somewhere in between, but don't let those voices creep in there and start chipping away at the foundation to your success. And the foundation of your success is, hey, I'm a good person. I do the right thing. I deserve to help this person and I deserve to make the sale. Mm -hmm. I defer to my friend, Brian. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect counterbalance to something we already talked about where we talked about when things are going great, not to let your ego get in the way. And um, it can inflate pretty quickly, but I always say it's kind of a stairway up and an elevator down. And, and it can really, it can really be tough. And that's why I talk about literally having these, the first thing you need to do is be yourself, be integral, keep your customers at the forefront and know that you're doing. And, and if you're getting away from that, you are going to have trouble with that. And that's why, again, we have these internal audits, what we're doing. And the other thing that is, again, something out of your control is the term misery loves company is as apparent as it gets when it comes to a sales environment. And what I right. mean by that is that typically, um, say, especially if you're in retail or, or something like that, depending on your scenario, if you're in an office, if, tons of different scenarios. And that's the beauty about sales is there's so many different varieties of it. But do you ever come across somebody who's not doing great with their numbers? And, and when they ask you how you're doing, trust me, they don't want to hear you're doing good. They want to hear that they're doing bad. You know why? Because it gives them an out as to why they're not doing good. It protects their ego as to why they might not be having success as well. Because while well, everybody's not doing well. So it must be something completely out of my control for that to be the case. If, if somebody comes up to you and they're at 50% of quota and you're at 110, and when they ask you, like, oh, no, it's going really well. Guess what that reminds them? That maybe they're doing something wrong. And that hurts. And man, can that environment get toxic if there's enough people around you trying to make up excuses for their own successes or failures within an environment? And you have to watch yourself from being that person as well when that starts to happen. And when you... And I, and, you know, I come from a team environment too, having played sports growing up and all that. If you can really um, trust yourself to to have the people around you, we all love to win. Don't get me wrong; we all hate losing. But when you start to blame other factors as to why you're not doing well and not having accountability for yourself, and that's the biggest thing. Accountability in sales is as strong a term as, as, as you can do in, in terms of needing needing it to be a part of you to have success in this profession. Because again, people are going to try to take you down when you're doing well. And if you find yourself trying to pull someone down because you're not doing well, because you can't face the economy, maybe you are waking up late. Maybe you went out too late the night before. Maybe you're not organized. Maybe you haven't done this self-audit and you want to just blame other people, you want to blame the industry, you want to blame logistics, you want to blame shipping, you want to blame pricing, you want to blame, oh my goodness, it's endless. And and then you see somebody else doing doing well in the same environment and you're like, oh, crap, maybe it's me. And the second you can have that brazen conversation with yourself, that's when you're going to start, you know, 
being able to look in yourself in the mirror because you know, okay, well, step one is realizing, hey, maybe it was me. Maybe it wasn't the outside factors. Step two, what am I going to do about it? And that's being honest with yourself and finding a way out and then asking for help. Because trust me, your manager's not going to help you if you start blaming pricing. Oh, why didn't you get the oh, prices? You know, oh, this person, blah, blah, blah. If you say, hey, you know what? I didn't know the answer to this objection. Can you help me out with this? I didn't know about this feature, about this. Maybe I need to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, that's when they step in to help you. When you're making excuses and there's always, if you're the guy at the office who's always got an excuse why something didn't go well, people are going to tune you out. So be accountable for yourself. And that's going to be the first step in getting out of it. And again, when things are going well, pull the guy up who's trying, but it's not working. You know, pull the person up who you see is putting the effort in. And that's that transition to do full circle from this, from where we started, where your mentor is the person who's going to find the person. Your mentor is going to be when you're out on the floor trying and failing, but learning and getting better. That person's going to be the one that pulls you up, not the one making excuses. And when you get to the point where you're that person and you see the person that reminds me, reminds you of you or I would just say it, and you see them trying and you've had that success now, pull them up because you were that person at one time too. That's great um, advice. Brian, I can't believe an hour has <laughs> gone by. Um, I absolutely loved our conversation. And uh, if somebody's watching this and they go, you know what? I like this Brian Charlo guy. <laughs> and how do I get in touch with this guy? Um, how do people get in touch with you, Brian? Uh, you can do it any number of ways. I, I control all of my, uh, the social media, like uh, just on Instagram at pitching sales. Um, you can find me, you can email me at, at pitching sales at Gmail. Uh, the website's pitching sales consulting.com. I'm not hard to find if you want to reach out to me. Uh, as I said, I, I control all the emails and, and respond myself to all these things. And even if it's just, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm having trouble with this. Any suggestions? Like it's not all. You know, trying to to shout like I was there. I, I just want people to know, especially the ones that are new to sales. I was there. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to help people out because that's going to help me out. That's going to help me, as you mentioned that that I love you, book or I love myself. It, it's you know, I'm taking care of my own career and business. Don't worry. I'm I'm here to help the people that are trying to do the same, right? And and that just it just brings me joy doing that because. Um, you know, I'll, I'll keep putting along myself, and, and and if I can help a few people along the way, I'm more than happy to do that. Because that's, as I said, we're all in this together. And and if you can get a little bit of success, and you can help pull someone up, I'm more than happy to do it. Thanks, Brian. Great <laughs> show, and uh, everybody. Till I see you next time, sell a million.